0: But thanks, sitting there, I'd be more prepared to come on up. Goodness gracious. Uh, something that I want to make sure that you do not miss is this coming weekend, we are hosting a multi-denominational, multi-church um, missions conference. Uh, if you do not know about the Great Commission coming out of Matthew chapter 28, verse 19 and 20 or uh, Mark chapter 16, verse 16, the call for us to go into all the world. If you've got a heart for missions, been wanting to develop a heart for missions, Uh, We would love for you to be a part of The Awaken Conference, I believe it's awakenconference.org, you can go onto our Facebook, get the links. Uh, You do need to register for it, there is a small cost for it, um, unless you're volunteering. And what we we do need, and I just got uh, notified this week, we do need a few more security people, and we do need some greeters. So if you are interested, contact the church office, Um, and uh, the the beauty is you get to go to the conference for free, uh, but you are working the conference at the same time. So um, thank you to the prayer leadership for being able to provide for all of the prayer needs. Uh, The the leadership came and said, uh, we need some prayer workers. And then right after that, uh, "Do, do you think that we need to get them from other churches? And our church has stepped up and provided all of the prayer leadership, all of the altar workers for all of the services. So thank you, prayer team, for stepping on up for that. And and seriously, if if you want to deepen your heart for missions or even hear from those on the field, um, it's going to be an amazing month of just developing that type of heart. Because on Sundays, we're going to jump into the deep end of what we call Missio Day. That's Latin for the mission of God. And so on Sundays, that is going to be the, the heartbeat of our services. My whole series is called Missio Day. We're literally going to the deep end of discovering God's mission in this world and our, our inv- invitation to be a part of that mission. And then on Wednesdays, and we would like you to sign up so we know what, number, what type of numbers to expect, we're actually hosting a different missionary every week. In fact, our first missionary went to Western Mission University, and he actually ministers in dearborn michigan to refugees and if you didn't know um that when it comes to the biggest concentration of middle eastern people outside of early outside of the middle east dearborn has the highest population in the world and randy Marin is a wonderful friend i told him i'd not just give him a, uh, I'd not just bless him for coming here but i also give him some sweet waters that kind of sweeten the deal so to speak no pun intended uh so he's going to be talking that evening so we'd love for you to join us every single wednesday during february and i recognize that valentine's day is on a wednesday it's saying pastor should we come to that instead of a date i say go to a date and then come to that or vice versa Sounds romantic, doesn't it? But you should be there anyways. Join us if you would. Uh, Would you open your Bibles to the book of Ephesians? I've got myself on a timetable today. I need to be done at a certain point, not because of a game, by the way. Uh, It has nothing to do with that. Uh, But I I made a promise to to be done at a certain time because of something that we want to be able to promote as the heart of the message today. Um, Let me just say this. I just want to say thank you to this body. Because I have seen care, and for me personally, as a human being, over the past 18, 19 weeks like I've never seen before. Some of you are like, Pastor, what are you talking about? From the first Lions game on, the amount of messages that I get and my wife gets, people check in. Is Pastor doing okay today? How's he holding up? Your care for my emotional well-being and mental capacity has been amazing. So much that, like even showing up today, it's my first time having a lion shirt on while I preach, by the way. And I normally have a towel. Somebody, Will and Jill, went to the game last week and brought me a new sweat towel for this morning. So God bless you, Will and Jill. I'm so excited. I've eaten so many Tums this week, it's pathetic. (laughs) Would you stand with me for the reading of the word? Look at all these lion shirts that I see around this place. I'll admit, I was on a walk with my wife yesterday and I saw a neighbor with a San Francisco flag and I'll admit, I booed them in Jesus' name. Any San Fran fans? We don't care. Go Lions. Ephesians chapter 2, I gotta get saved here. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 19. So then you are no longer strangers and aliens. But you are fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God, built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Christ Jesus himself being the cornerstone, with whom, in whom the whole structure being joined together grows into a holy temple in the Lord. In him you also are being built together into a dwelling place for God by the Spirit. What an amazing word, and there's so much depth to this that we... We've got so much to cover today, we don't have time to dig into the depths, but there is a calling here for us to come together in community. At the heart of today's message, as I wrap up Beyond 52, we've been in a series that is emphasizing that our lives of following Jesus Christ, our lives of discipleship have got to move beyond 52 Sunday morning services and even 52 Sundays a year. We have to be a church that is more than just 52 days that we give to God, but we say, God, we want to go beyond the 52 and live 365 days for you. Will it be easy? Absolutely not. Will it be struggle? Absolutely there will be. But we have got a God who not just calls us, but equips us for the calling for which he gives us. And that's what we're going to lie into today. Would you pray with me? Jesus, Lord, we look to you, our King, our Savior, and our Lord, asking that you would help us to understand what it means to be the body of Christ, the community of God. Lord, not just so that we could come together as a unified heart, but Lord, so that we would see the life of Christ flow out of our lives into this community around us. So, Lord, I pray for your anointing upon our hearts, our minds today as we just lean into who you are and we become the community of Jesus. We pray this in your name. And everyone said, give someone a high five and say, Go Lions. I do have my K-First sweatshirt on, so the priorities, okay? Your priority over the Lions. Um, ever since my failed illustration last week, I decided to take a break from any illustration because what I wanted to build on this stage is something that I think every kid likes to build. Have you ever built, when you were a child, a cushioned fort? Oh, man. This is nothing like building a cushion fort. My grandmother used to yell at me because she had, everything was in order. Grandma Berenger, everything had to be in specific order. And like for me, I would build a fort and then she had these desk chairs that would lay down. I would turn into the Batmobile. She couldn't, and, but I'd have to build it. And she's like, why do you keep building it? Because I don't want my sister to play with me. And so some of you are judging me right now. Y'all got little sisters. Some of you have little brothers. You get it. Sometimes you, you want to build a fort because the point of the fort is you build it up, and after you build it, your, your sister comes by to test how well it's built. Like Godzilla coming through, I'm like, like, what are you doing? So when you are kind of initially set it up, you start figuring out what are the weak areas. Maybe you got a too heavy a blanket on top. you got to get a sheet to go on top. And then sometimes you got to get little chairs or other things that you pull on over to build up. Because what you want to do is not just fortify it to help you to stay on the inside safe, but it helps keep trespassers out. To keep what's inside safe and to keep outsiders out. That's the beauty of having a good pillow fort or a cushion fort. Whatever substance you use. It's just something about being a kid. Even as a parent, it was just fun to make those and to just tear up the cushions and set it all up. It's so fun to do. The worst is when your kids ask you to stay tonight in there because sleeping on the floor like that, there's nothing fun about it because you're like, well, why don't you use the cushion? You've already used all of them up. That's just what it is. But the idea of fortifying that fort... Keeping everybody safe in, guarding yourself, protecting yourself. That's what I want to talk about today because when it comes to the body of Christ and living beyond 52, I believe when it comes to what strengthens us here at the church is that we get fortified by community. Now the word fortified means, it means a defensive wall or a reinforcement built to strengthen a place against an an attack. And of all the things that we can do to fortify ourselves, I think one of the greatest things we can do is through community. Because if you look at the New Testament, from Matthew all the way to Revelation, you'll understand that what helped the body of Christ grow, what helped them flourish, what helped them to push the Gospel out to the other, to the ends of the earth, was not because they had one or two talented people, it was because of community. And we are called to be a community that comes together. In fact, I think one of the best metaphors for community is exactly what we read here. It says, you're no longer strangers and aliens, but you are fellow citizens, saints with members of the what of God? The household of God, I think being family is a phenomenal metaphor to describe the community that we ought to have here. I love that I've got family here. I've I've got my wife, I've got my kids, I love my family that God has given me. But let's be real that family goes beyond what lives in your house. Family goes into the body of Christ. We're called to be family. Can anybody say amen to that? And now as I talk and even as I prepare, this is how AI knows exactly what's going on in your life and what you're prepping for, because all of a sudden my algorithms begin to change on my social media. Isn't it weird when you talk about something, all of a sudden the algorithm starts up and starts showing you the stuff you were talking about? Maybe I'm the only one that has technology in the house, okay, that happens to me. And so as I'm prepping for family, all of a sudden, like, Videos start appearing because I watch some of the videos that kind of calm my brain and I'm a crier So I'm watching service men come home service women come home and I'm crying as their families crying but a new algorithm has come across that has hit me harder and It's children that are giving the news that they are being fully adopted Can I show you one I am Just gonna pre-warn you I'm going to cry in just a second. So would you show that this is so cool
1: What do you mean what? It's Otherwise, that that way.
2: okay, this is for you. This is from all Here, of us. Give me okay? it, okay? All of us.
1: our most recent picture of, of our family. All of us would love for you to be in the next picture and to be part of our family. Carter, would you like to be a and be in our
3: son and brother with <laughs> What do you think, buddy? Yay.
4: We're gonna adopt you, Carter. Thank yes. you. Kicking your um. butt out. <laughs> <laughs> but you have to sleep in the hot tub room. Yeah. <laughs> Jeez. You, wanna, you want us to adopt
3: you? That's
0: a yes. Yeah. Party time! Yeah! her. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just have an altar call right now. Why do I show this? Because when it comes to the family of God, this is how we all got to the family. When we were separated in our sin, in our brokenness, we were estranged. In fact, Paul says you were aliens and strangers. You weren't citizens of God. You weren't in the family. But when, because of your faith in Jesus, you were adopted, brought into the family of God. That way, when you put your faith in Jesus, we became brothers and sisters with one another. That's the beauty of what's here. We get to be a part of a community, but how many of you know that you are invited, everybody is invited to be a part of the family, but it takes a lot of work to become family. Man, we all get invited. Every single person gets invited. If you're not a believer, if you're not a follower of Jesus, you get invited to be a part of the family. But we know it takes sometimes a few months to a few years or quite a few years to become a part of the family because it takes a lot of work to become family. And so this morning, I promised in the next 17 minutes, shooting for 13, I want to give you... Fortifying benefits, 10 fortifying benefits to becoming church family. So here we go. Buckle up your seatbelts. Number one, community. Why do we need community? Because community makes us feel more like Jesus. Community makes us more like Jesus. I believe this is the umbrella for the other nine. This is our community's main function. It's to be with Jesus that we become like Jesus. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 24 says, Let us consider how to stir up one another to love, to good works, not neglecting to meet people, as it's in the habit of some, but encouraging one another all the more as the day draws near. Nothing helps us come to become like Christ and to become more like Jesus than the daily grind of interacting with believers. Now I use that term very distinctly, the daily grind, because sometimes when personalities come together, when backgrounds come together, when political views come together, when, it, when who we are and our past comes together, it can be a bit of a grind. But let me say this about the body of Christ, is that when we come together we have to recognize that every single one of us in the room, part of this family, we are all human beings. And so being human beings, we have to give grace to recognize that sometimes personalities don't mesh well. Do we understand that? And sometimes it's okay to move to the other side of the worship center and not sit near those personalities that rub you the wrong way. Some of y'all wonder why these people sit over here from these people. Because they used to sit together in the same section. Maybe, possibly... But in the body of Christ, sometimes we see things happen and we're wondering, why don't we all get along all of the time? Because honestly, do kids always get along all of the time? Do your marriages get along all of the time? Do some people in the family lie sometimes? Yes. But when we come together community helps us to become more like jesus because as we work together and we we operate life with one another that daily grind becomes a place where we begin to not just rub off on each other but encourage each other and stir one another up so that we would follow jesus and become like him number two community meets practical needs community when we come together, meets practical needs. I'm here to say in the three weeks, I'm going to celebrate the 15th anniversary of this partnership voting us in as pastors. And I'm here to say in 15 years, it has been my thrill to watch this church rise up to help people in some of their greatest needs that they've ever had in their lives. And that's a thrill and that's awesome because your generosity and your giving, it, it enables us to do that seven days a week. But what's even cooler than that? Is when I've had individuals over the course of a decade and a half approach me and say, Pastor, I had a need in my life, then somebody came to me and said, hey, Jesus dropped you. The Holy Spirit dropped your name in my heart, and I wanted to give you this envelope. And they opened up an envelope, and it was a check for the exact amount they needed for a bill, or a need was met, or so-and-so said, man, I I called a friend and said, man, I don't know what to do about this issue in my life. There was a practical issue. There was a plumbing and electrical issue. And all of a sudden, this person showed up from the church and just blessed it. They, They wouldn't even take any food. All I gave them was a sandwich, and they walked away, and they just simply blessed me. I've had individuals say, Pastor, my car died, and all of a sudden somebody in the church walked up to me and said, God told me to give you my old vehicle because I just bought a new one, and they didn't want any money for it. Three, and I think it was four years ago, a gentleman at our church had a need for a vehicle, and another gentleman walked over and said, hey, I heard you need a vehicle. Yes, I heard you need a truck. Absolutely. He says, you know what? I got a new truck. Do you want to buy my, my old truck? It runs great. How much do you want it? want for it. He says, one dollar. Some of y'all are going to start meeting people during greeting time more often because you're like, man, we got cars being handed out in this church. You know what? It's happening not because, not because anybody's trying to manipulate anything, but here in the body of Christ that when we're in community, we don't just look to pray for each other, but we look to invest in your lives as friends, as co-workers, as brothers and sisters because we're called to bless one another. Acts chapter 2. They all were together and had all things in common. They were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing to the, the proceeds to any as they had need. Day by day they attended the temple, breaking bread in their homes, they received food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all of the people. And the Lord added to their number, day by day, those who were being saved. What are we saying here? God's not saying that you have to sell everything and just give everything away. But what this is actually speaking to is, is if I see, not a want, but I see a need in somebody's life, and I've got the capability of doing it, instead of calling up and saying, Pastor Dave, what's the church going to do? It's you looking at your life saying, as me, as part of the family, how can I actually meet these needs? And what I love is that this church is caught that generosity is not an occasion. It is a posture of life. That's community. Number three, community meets emotional needs. Galatians 6.2, bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. What I love about verse two is that it's talking about burdens. It doesn't say just pray for them. And I think prayer is the number one response we're supposed to have. But it says to bear up those burdens. The word burden there in the original Greek implies two things. Number one, it implies an emotion, something that is unseen. And number two, it implies that this thing, this burden is too heavy for one person to bear. And I'm thankful for a body of Christ that is a community that when they see somebody that is going through depression, they don't just send thoughts and prayers. They will come alongside of them and say, what can you do? How can I be here? How can I come alongside of you? How can I help you lift the burden? Do you need a friend? Do you need a brother? Do you need a sister? Do you need a family? Do you need a friend in this moment? And the community rises up to be exactly what Christ has called us to be. Number four, community helps reveal our gifts and talents. Community helps reveal our gifts and talents. Romans 12, 4 through 5. For as many, for as in one body we have many members, and the members do not have all the same functions. So we through many are one body in Christ, individually members of one another. Now I'm not, wasn't the greatest student in the world, but one thing I learned in anatomy classes is this is that there are certain organs in your body that are a little bit more important than the other organs. You know what they are normally called? Vital organs. You also learn that there's just stuff that you don't need. I don't think the gallbladder is really needed. The first time first time my wife ever met my grandma and grandpa Barringer. Oh, this is disturbing. I introduced my fiance to my grandma Barringer and she walks her in because she's got one of those coffee tables with the glass top. She keeps pictures of the family there. But grandma took out all the pictures of the family and she put the pictures of her surgery where she had her vein removed in her leg and put into another spot. Do you know if we have, like, extra veins to kind of place under the spots? But this is the thing. I know it's all disturbing. You're judging my family right now, and I'm already judging my family. But here's the thing. is when we look at the greater body and the greater community, what we do is we see certain individuals as, you're vital, I'm the extra. You're vital, or this person's vital, but I'm the superfluous. But I'm here to say, in the body of Christ, Every part is vital. You are all vital. And I think one of the greatest things to do to discover your giftings and your abilities is not to take a strengths test. And I believe in those things. Those are wonderful. They're great to help discover things about your life. But the best way to do it is to get yourself involved. Join a team. Get involved in a table. Come to a training. I mean, I think of next month. Hear about missions from actual missionaries and let what they are saying get down in your spirit and begin to discover what mission is God calling you to be on on, in this day, in this moment. Does that mean that God is going to call you to some far off country? Possibly, but most likely not. You know what God's going to end up doing? He's going to call you to Pfizer. He's going to call you to Portage Northern. Actually, no. Central needs them more than Northern. Sorry, my kids graduated Northern, my bad. God's gonna call you to Western Michigan. I've got a missionary, this is cool. I've got a missionary right now that's come to talk to me that he's praying about him and his wife coming to Western Michigan University to to do a Chi group at Western, right on our campus. We need us to position ourselves to get involved and begin to hear from God, because when you get involved, God begins to reveal abilities. He begins to reveal talents in your life, not to make your name famous, but to propel the name of Jesus Christ. Uh, number five, community helps me focus on the needs of others. Community helps me focus on the needs of others. First Th- Th- Thessalonians 5:14, and we urge you, brothers, admonish the idle, encourage the faint-hearted, help the weak, be patient with them all. In other words, brothers and sisters, be strong and begin to help the people around you. In this world, there is so much self-centeredness that is taking place. So much that points toward me, myself, and I. I ought to do what I want, love who I want, accomplish what I want, spend on what I want, and it's all about I. And the problem is, is we translate that into the body of Christ. So if I join this team, what am I going to get? If I go to this table, what am I going to get? I'm here to say that if you are focused on what you are going to receive, you're gonna number one, miss the point, and number two, you're not gonna receive anything because you're at the center of it all. The center of it all is Jesus, and as we put Him at the center, I promise you this, the more that you go after Him, and the more that you love others, you're going to find the blessing that you've always designed. It's just that you've got to get out of the center for you to receive it. Community helps me to focus on the need. Number six, community empowers our relationship with God. Community empowers our relationship with God, Proverbs twenty-seven, seventeen: iron sharpens iron, one man sharpens another. I think the greatest problem that we have in the church nowadays, is not in music, it's not in lighting, it's not in building design, I think the greatest problem in the church right now is discipleship, it's growing daily in Jesus Christ. And if you look up the word disciple, you get to the root of the word disciple, there's two words that will come out. Number one is discipline, not punishment, it's discipline. The other is friction. How many of you know in a family you have friction? Turn to your neighbor and say, you caused me friction. <laughs> if it's a guest, please don't say that to them. I want them to come back. But some of us think about discipline and friction, and we think of it as punishment instead of challenge. I am, I am forever grateful. For some individuals in this body that I've grown close to because of groups and because of relationships that have so much relationship that they can actually question things in my life and saying, Pastor, is that the best thing for you? Is that the thing that you ought to be saying? Is this the thing you ought, how you ought to be acting? Is this the way you ought to be responding? And in the body of Christ, we've got to develop enough relational equity with one another where we can actually look at each other and have enough close relationship that we can actually empower one another to build each other up. And sometimes that's with a little friction. Do you have somebody in your life to ask you the hard questions? And don't just say my best friend, because let's be real, sometimes our best friends, they look out for us, but only to the extent that they don't want to make us angry. But sometimes you need some friends that are willing to make you a little angry. I'm married to my best friend and sometimes she makes me angry. But she's willing to call me out and, and check in on things and, and vice versa. This is what the body was meant to do. Because the world says this, I, uh, this is my right to do what I want. Christianity says, I give up my rights and open myself up to community. Why? Because I'm not at the center of life Jesus is. Number seven, community helps meet our needs for love. Community helps meet our needs for love. Proverbs 17, 17, a friend loves at all times, a brother's born for adversity. The New Living Translation says, a friend is always loyal and a brother born to help in the time of need. Community meets our needs for love. I believe in our culture, we have an overemphasis on romantic love. And I'm not against romantic love. Baby, I'm not against romantic love. <laughs> I believe in romantic love. It's a wonderful thing, but I'm here to say that we have had an overemphasis in this society that the way to get fulfilled is is romantic love and we have minimized the value of friendship love and we've made friendship love weird. We've made love between friendships, brothers and sisters, specifically in the body of Christ, we've made that weird the closest that we ought to have and we have upraised it to the point that, let me tell you this, That we've got a lot of lonely people in this world, and they're all married. We're like, well, pastor, I've got romantic love. Why am I so lonely? Because we have forgotten and we have downplayed friendship love. Loneliness is not satisfied by marriage. Loneliness is satisfied by friendship. Which means that with your spouse, y'all ought to be friends. More than just your your hookup, they gotta be your friends. They gotta be more than just somebody that you see every now and then for a visit. You gotta have friendship. And then outside of your spouse, you gotta have friends. Well, Pastor, I'm an introvert. Introverts still need friends. Some, I, need it, I need an introvert to say amen, which they won't say it, believe me. There we go. <laughs> Number eight, community provides opportunities for confession and healing. James 5:16. Confess your sins to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. For the prayer of the righteous person has great power and it is working. Listen, the only power Satan has over you is secrecy and darkness. But when we confess our sins one to another, we remove what Satan is working with so that we can actually get healed. And now, listen, when we confess, now this is where we get the idea of confession. Now, God bless uh, the the Catholic tradition who have really kind of upheld... uh, confession, but here's the problem that I've got with it. We don't confess to erase the consequences. We're supposed to confess that we get healed. And when we walk as the body and walk as family, we gotta get to the place where we can look at one another and have a closeness and have enough relational equity where we can look and confess a sin, confess a fault, not so that other people can know our biz, it's so that we can actually find healing, virtue flowing through our lives, which leads me toward number nine. Community teaches us to work through conflicts. It teaches us to work through conflict. 1 Corinthians 1. I appeal, brothers and sisters, by the name of our Lord Jesus, that all of you agree that there would be no divisions among you, that you would be united in the same mind and in the same judgment. If you read the New Testament enough, you're going to see one of the top things that Jesus deals with and Paul and Luke and others deal with, you're going to see they deal with conflict almost more than any other topic. Why? Because y'all rub each other the wrong way. And in this day and age, we, it seems like we are looking for reasons to be angry at other people. And when we are offended, we get, to, we get two things. We get either an opportunity to divide or we have an opportunity to unite. Well, pastor, I'm not good with confrontation. I, I'm, I say this with all of the compassion in the world. I don't care. That sounds so harsh. But we've given ourselves and other people more excuses to allow offense to stay in our hearts rather than doing the hard work to get it out so that we might be healed. And we've got to stop looking for excuses about being upfront with our issues and learning to work through them in the name of Jesus, which means that if you've got an offense and you've got an offense with somebody in the church, don't come tell me because you know what I'm going to do. I'm going to send you over to them. And if you say no, I'll walk you over to them. If you're offended with me, instead of writing an anonymous note and sticking in the little little things in the back, or instead of telling a board member, come talk to me. This is how we heal ourselves. Number 10, community. Community gives us a chance to forgive. Community, family, gives us a chance to forgive. Cancel culture is one thing in life, there's a lot of things I hate in life. I can give you a handful of teams that fall in that place, but I hate cancel culture. I cannot stand it. I think cancel culture in the body of Christ, it is the antithesis of who Jesus is. Because cancel culture says that each individual person gets to decide what to be offended with, and it's going to be big enough that I can end them and or destroy them in a public forum. Because cancel culture leaves it up to the individual to decide which sin is big enough to destroy somebody's life and they get to take the seat as the hand of God. See, forgiveness, it's there to deal between you and God, and not necessarily for you and another person. Forgiveness gets the rotten roots out of your life so that you can grow and to thrive. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 32. Be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another as God in Christ has forgiven you. How do we forgive? As Christ has forgiven you. See, forgiveness is not, is about a spirit that you wield, not suppression that you harness. It's not about getting over things. Well, if you just forgive and forget. Forgiveness is not about getting over things. Forgiveness is working through things. Because forgiveness is more than a one-time decision. Sometimes, depending upon the hurt in the situation, it is a daily choice. Mark chapter 11. And when you stand and pray, forgive. And if you've Have anything against anyone so that your Father in heaven, excuse me, and when you stand praying, forgive if you have anything against anyone so that your Father who is also in heaven may forgive you and your trespasses. In other words, if you refuse to forgive others, you can't expect God to forgive you. It's one of the most sobering scriptures in all of the Bible. We're called out. Would forgive anything? Yes. What does anything mean in the Greek? Anything. Well, forgive anybody. What does anybody mean in the Greek? Anybody? Unforgiveness will squelch the favor of God in your life. It will put the pause on the blessings of God in your life. And what we've got to learn to do is when we step into community, we realize we do have opportunities to be offended, but we've got even more opportunities to forgive. Because it's our place to grow what we have and to be exactly what God has called us. And that's what we read in the book of Ephesians, chapter 2. We are called to be a household of God. You once were estranged in your sin. I said it this week over Facebook. There's two things you should never, ever minimize. Number one is sin. We will never minimize sin in the house here. And the second thing is we'll never minimize the grace of God. Where sin abounds, grace abounds all the more. We're not going to minimize what sin does because sin separates us. But when we receive grace, we are brought, we are adopted into a household. And one of the ways that we work on being a household of God is in our three T's. We talk about training. We talk about teams. And we talk about tables. And when we s- utilize those, they help bring us and make us into the community of Jesus Christ. Pastor Kevin. I'm going to invite Pastor Kevin up, and he's going to do more than kind of close the service. He's really going to help us to bring a focus so that you and I can help be the community that God's called us to be.
1: As Pastor Dave shared, you know, tables, teams, and trainings here at K-First... They're all about our mission of, of being with Jesus so that can become like Jesus. That's why we do what we do. And as opposed to a pastor telling you why you should be a part of these things, we thought it would be really apt to have individuals who are actually actively serving, who are a part of our different teas to come on and share just a little bit about their experience in them. So I'm going to invite forward. Uh, a few individuals. If I've spoken to you, feel free to come on up. But we have uh, Brian and Emily Clary, who are a part of our Kids First team. We have Jan Weir, who was able to join us for a training um, last fall. And then Rich and Kathy Doddert, who are both a part of a table. So I want to just spend a few moments hearing from them, hearing their experience, um, a part of our different teas and um, then just share a quick little way how you guys can take your next steps in being part of a team, a table, or a training. So Rich and Kath, you guys ready to go first? Oh, thank you.
5: I guess I'll start. <laughs> um, I'm part of the walk-in, um, walk-in faith. My, my, I'm a little nervous. I don't do this normally. Walk-in faith table. Um, we love it. It's a walk-in group in the summer, and for me, it provides community, allowed me to get to know women in the church it really solidified my church feeling more like home so when i came to church on sunday i saw familiar faces that i could talk with we had something to talk about or laugh about or pray about or encourage each other in Um, we became friends over the summer um, and we could share our hearts Um, i don't know about you but for me when i'm walking and talking with a friend I'm much more apt to share my heart and what's going on in my life, and there's that freedom. You've got nature surrounding you, and it's just you and them. It's it's wonderful. Um, we enjoyed laughing together. Um, one, a couple of the verses that came to mind were Proverbs 27, 17 this week, where um, iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. Um, that was so true um, that they kept me on my toes. And where, what is God doing in my life? You know, from week to week, people would ask me questions like that. Um, physical benefits of better health, according to 1 Corinthians 3, 16 and 17, it talked about our bodies are the Holy Spirit's temple. So we should take care of them. Um, accountability to exercise. You know, if I don't have a friend out there, I have to be really honest, I'm apt to not to go. Um, so it was nice to have that accountability there. And last but not least was the First Thessalonians 5.11 about encouraging each other and building each other up to help us better be more like him. Um, that group really was wonderful me, for me in that respect this summer.
3: Good morning. My name is Rich. I don't have any note cards. I, uh I'm a part of uh, two tables, two groups here at uh, K first and uh, one of them is the men's breakfast group and the other one is the men's golf. and I got to be honest with you there's two words that uh, attracted me to that. one was bacon and the other one is golf and in my opinion if one of those two words don't att- aren't attractive to you there's something wrong so it, <laughs> no it's um, you know it a the, the word that I've heard kind of threaded through this is community, and it really is about community. Um, I, at work, at my job, I talk a lot about DEI, and the I stands for inclusiveness, uh, or the root word included. And In order to feel included, uh, when you're at an organization, kind of any organization, but the church definitely included, it isn't until you're part of a kind of a nucleus group that you feel included, like, we've, we've been here for six years now. Haven, has it been about six years? She's my timekeeper. Um, in the first couple of years, we kind of blended in. We kind of came late and left early, and, you know, nobody knows your name. It's not like Cheers the Bar. No, I don't know. <laughs> but, um, but it wasn't until I joined, like, the men's group that the next Sunday I came in, people, like, knew my name. And there's just something about that that just feels included. And it's that first group that you join that does that. When I joined the golf group, and I love golf, um dave would disagree with me on that one i think when i joined the golf group what i found was a lot of the same guys that were in the men's breakfast group were also in the golf group so it's that first group that does it that like makes you give that connection so uh sorry to encourage you to join it's just a it's it's a cool thing and if you want to feel included if you want to feel apart it's just that little step of just saying yes can i say one more thing when (laughs) i don't mean to ramble on too long but um, there's kind of two sides to this. Like, like the organization or the church, they have the responsibility to create the environment where you feel included, like the opportunities. And K First F has done that, you know. But, but we also, as individuals, it's our responsibility to say yes, you know, and join. And so you have to kind of take that step in order to cross over that line and feel included. So thank you for letting me ramble on.
1: Thank you, Rich and Kathy. You guys are a blessing to K-First, and we're so glad that you're a part of our church family. How'd you golf this year, Gal? Rich? We came in third. Third? Hey, pretty good. It's better than me if I golfed. We have Brian and Emily. They serve on our Kids First team, and they're just going to share real quick a little bit about their experience on uh, Kids First.
4: Uh, hello, everybody. Um I have some notes too. I uh, wanted to prepare and make sure I got everything and my thoughts down on serving here. Um, first reintroduce myself. My name's Brian. Uh, this is my wife Emily. Uh, we've been attending Canmelbury first here for about 15 years together. Um, and this is our home church. Um, we got married on this stage. Our kids' been dedicated here. Um, my son was just baptized over the summer, and we love the family. We love everyone that uh, is a part of our, our church family. Um, but because of this, this is our church home. We also want to see um, just the programs, the initiatives, goals that K First sets out to succeed, and um, to make sure that it succeeds, it takes a lot of it takes the community to do that. And um, me and Emily want to be a part of that, see the community grow, see their programs, their initiatives succeed um, here at K First. Um, it was pretty easy for us to. Get involved in the Next Gen team, and um, be be there to serve with the kids, because um, we have kids of our own that leave with Pastor Carissa every Sunday, and just to be a part of their growth and be a part of that uh, journey for them is important to us. And um, yeah, and all the kids that come every Sunday, it's just seeing it's fun watching them, you know, get engaged and learn about Jesus through um, that program they have at the Next Gen, uh, that where the kids leave every Sunday. Um, let's see, yeah, we want to, we just want to see the teams and tables succeed, we want to uh, be there for our kids, and we know the greatest part of uh, serving is, is, that's the, the greatest embodiment of who Jesus was, is his service to others, and we want to be a part of that as, as well, and it also helps us grow ourselves in, in faith as well, in being that for the next generation.
2: I first want to say that <laughs> Brian said it was easy for us because we had kids, but that is one of his gifts. Um, he has the ability. He has the ability to walk into a room. I'll never forget one one Sunday we were serving with the three year old class, and I stepped away to use the restroom, and I come back, and he has ten three year olds sitting listening to the story. And so apparently, it's it's easy, but. <laughs>
4: Yeah, I'll say, it 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 might not be easy, but I know the staff here will, if you find a way to serve, they'll make it easy as best they could for anybody (laughs) here, I I promise you. (laughs)
2: Yeah, and so serving for me, I, I think of growing up and the countless people who just showed up for me, and they more than likely don't even know how much they showed up for me in that time, and some of them are still here showing up for my kids um which speaks volumes um i think that serving really came together for me in nursing school and so pastor dave touched on it a little bit but um in first corinthians 12 we're shown how we as the church um you know we're the body of christ and our just how our bodies are made up of many parts that each have a specific function The church is made up of people. We all have our different skills and abilities. Alone, those don't function well, but together, we, the church, can create something beautiful. And that is so important to me. Um, Serving on a team, I feel like it gives me the opportunity, us the opportunity to use our skills and abilities and share God's love with other people. Um, I think Shannon this morning, Said something amazing that that hit me Um, sometimes we need to remove distractions from our life to hear from God um, to know how he wants to use us I think uh, one funny story I have is um, I was I was praying and I heard (laughs) I heard God tell me to volunteer and serve our community to coach a girls on the run team I do not run I do not like to run and spending two hours, two days a week with this team of 10-year-olds of that I had. Anyways, I did it, and it was so fun. I, I can't even be, begin to tell you how much, how much I learned through that experience. And every week, I noticed that the running, it got harder for me, but our team did it. We, we did the 5K, and at the end, I found out I was expecting our fourth child. So it's not because the running was hard. There was a good reason. So you know, in closing for us, um, I want to encourage all of us that if you, if you aren't sure where it is that God wants you to serve, just try to remove those distractions so that you can hear God speaking to you. He will, and it might not be what you expect, but the benefit is, is unexplainable. I mean, just as much as he wants to work through us, he wants to work in
6: us. Good morning. I want to talk about Kevin's training and all the trainings that are offered here through K-First. Because if there's any question in your mind about anything, I suggest that you get involved, take a training class, um, learn more about how to get closer to God. I took, in the fall, Kevin hosted a Sacred Rhythms Um, training class. I signed up because I didn't feel I was hearing God's voice. I didn't hear him tell me what to do. Although at this age I have embarked on a third career in my life. First I worked for lawyers for 25. I've been a realtor for 20. And then I was led to go to Western to get my master's in social work. With an undergrad in business, that was kind of weird. But I've been serving people my whole life, just didn't know why, Um, the oldest of six children. Um, But Sacred Rhythms actually taught me to slow down, to listen, And give time and space for God. Um, Maybe I wasn't. Like the rhythms help us to connect with God internally, outwardly, and corporately. Providing time and space um, to protect spiritual discipline. So what it was is I wasn't really disciplined in making time. I would pray every morning and every night. But I never got involved. So, what has happened is I'm not sure that I hear his voice. But through the activities that I'm encouraged to do, or led to do, I have found peace and been able to forgive. In a strange grandson, and who has forced me not to be able to see my great-grandchildren, which is my struggle, but that's my struggle. And through Kevin's classes, I've been able to accept the struggle, knowing that God is with me as I go through this struggle. And so I encourage everyone to take the training classes. And I could probably easily go through another one of his sacred rhythms, although I have great notes, and he provided great outlines and passages to read. I have switched my music channel to WCSG, which plays nothing but religious music, not necessarily gospel as such, but all day or when I'm in my car or home, I can hear what is expected through the music, just like our music here at church this morning, the new song. He's within me, he's around me, he's beside me. And those are the important things that I see my life doing. I've joined a table. I go to the Y um, once a month and provide food for um, for the domestic shelter, for the women and children there. And it's been a very rewarding and educational um, experience to do that does fall in line with my social work but um, it's given me a different insight so my life has changed because of Kevin's amazing training so I encourage all of you that if you have any questions to seek out a training a table or a team
1: Well, thank you all for sharing. You guys can have a seat. I want to make you stand up here while I talk longer because it's already nerve-wracking enough to stand on stage in front of a bunch of people. But we just give a round of applause as they they head back to their seats. (laughs) It was a huge blessing to hear from them and about their involvement with tables, teams, and trainings. And As they mentioned, you know, each one of those different areas, it allows us to simply be with Jesus. It allows us to do what he did, to connect with him, connect with community. And there's just something powerful about being with others, you know, doing what Jesus did. And so I'd like to invite you all this morning to consider a table, a team. We have some trainings coming up in February that you can be a part of. But if you aren't a part of a table, a team, or you want to be a part of a training, I'd encourage you to take a take a moment today this week and hop on our church center app go to kfirst.org and you can check out all the different tables and teams that we have to offer here at k first it's my genuine belief that we have a table for every person in this room we have tables that meet together just for women for men for different hobbies and interests we have teams that i believe are making a genuine difference in our church that you can be a part of and so if you are curious about what that might look like for you a good first step is just to hop on there and see what's available to you if you want to have a conversation about what could be a option for you if you're not sure if you're like pastor Kevin there's just so many options I don't know where to start well I could give you a few recommendations of hey check this one out first or how about you check out this and our big thing at K First isn't that we force you to be a part of something we want you to be a part of something that is meaningful and enjoyable to you because that's what the church is about is utilizing our gifts, our talents, our interests to see God's kingdom come. And so when you guys check out a table, check out a team, we always encourage you to try it out. If it's not a fit, that's okay, you tried. Let's try something else and see if that might be a fit for you. And throughout the whole process, that's that's my one thing for you guys. If you try something, you're not committed to it, Come back to me and say, hey, I tried this, it wasn't really my thing, can we look at something else? And so I'd encourage you once again this week to check out our church center app, check out our website. Also in the back there are our, our three T's walls, we have a table's wall, a team's wall. And then if you want to have an easy next step, we have our a training in February, our missions nights. We're going to have missionaries come and share their, uh, j- their experiences and journeys of, of missions work. And this is a great way for us to gather together in community and just learn what it looks like for them and how it may come to fruition in our lives as well. Well, I think it's time that we wrap up our service. You've heard us talk at you a lot. But we want to say thank you for being with us this morning. It's always an honor to gather together as a church family, to worship the Lord, to just be together. And I want to remind you a few quick things as you leave today. The first is that our prayer team is available in the prayer center. You can find them by going out the back doors and taking a left at the end of the hallway. And At the very end, they are there to pray with you about anything that you may need prayer for. Also, if you have a story of how God is working in your life, whether there's something happening here at K-First or personally or at work, wherever it may be, we would love to hear about it so that we can celebrate that with you. And so you can go to kfirst.org slash mystory. You can hop on the church center app and click uh, the My Story button there and share what God is doing in your life so that we can celebrate that together. Also, if it's your first time with us or we haven't had a chance to meet you yet, I'd also invite you to stop by the Connect Center. That's in the lobby. And I believe Cami is there to say hello, greet you, give you a gift, and thank you for being here. And if you have any questions about K-First, she's a great person to answer those questions. Well, it's always an honor to be together here at K-First. And I pray that you guys have a blessed week. And we look forward to seeing you back next Sunday, hopefully with the Lions win. <laughs> All right. Have a great week. We'll see you back next Sunday.